Welcome everyone to our podcast. Uh, my name is Cassandra Thorpe. I am our host. I am a proud uh, resident, or not resident, proud, um, I hail from the state of New Hampshire. <laughs> so um, not many people know that, but yeah, that's one. Of them. I didn't know that. Yeah. And we are here with Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen Sr., who, do you claim Mississippi or yeah. Wisconsin? Mississippi. Okay. Mm, claim both of them. Yeah. You, you have to now, huh? Yep. <laughs> well, that's dope. Well, we're, we're glad you're here in Wisconsin. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, this next installment of The Simple Church. And we're talking about the power of practicing our faith. Right. We are still in Acts uh, chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize how many verses were in this chapter. But you have opened my eyes to the depth with, in which <laughs> chapters can be expounded upon. So thank you. <laughs> and so we're yeah. looking at... 47. 47 verses. Four, okay, so we're at the end here with yeah. 42 through 47. Okay, yeah. so we've got... Uh, we have Pentecost. We've got uh, the first preacher in... Peter sharing the word and it um, being passed along, telling your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so now we are here about practicing our faith. So talk to us about, um, after all of that, what's going on in the text and and where are we headed as we head out of Acts chapter 2? Right. So what's going on is, um, like you said, Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells um, the disciples to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power to be a witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. <clears throat> and so after they receive um, that message, they go to the upper room and they begin to pray and wait and tarry for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit descends upon them and um, they come out of the room they um people outside like wondering what's going on what are you all doing peter's like hey um no we just we we got the holy ghost and then he began to tell them what had happened by giving his testimony pretty much about who jesus is and he so he begins to preach three thousand people are added to the church and they start this first church we see in Mm -hmm. acts chapter two Okay, so we're seeing like the first, the first church, and and there's still that question of what shall we do, right? Um, and throughout this uh, this sermon, we talk, we continue to talk about the evidence, right? The evidence of the children of God, and how, <clears throat> excuse me, how they're now going out um, and witnessing, right, mm-hmm. right, and so. I was actually thinking that there's there's such an eagerness with the people in this first church. Like, they're, like, excited mm-hmm. to go out and do it. Um, going out into all the areas, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth to spread the gospel. And the intent is to, you identify five areas, to, to change lives, heal the broken, restore the lost, evangelize to the sinners, and watch God move like never before. Now, coming out of all of that, do you think that the people had a full grasp of what they were doing? Or they were just, they're like, this is what we're commanded to do, so I'm going. Right, so um, 
I guess I can jump ahead if you're asking that question. Uh, they continued in the apostles' doctrine. Okay. So they learned what the apostles taught about the Word of God, mm-hmm. which is the Old Testament, um, because the New Testament has not been established yet. And then also how Jesus told them to live. So what the disciples have, they have Old Testament knowledge, but then they also have the word of Jesus Christ and the visible example for life. Mm-hmm. This is what they have. And so this is what they're teaching this new church, this okay. brand new body of believers. They're teaching them all that they had learned from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are just living out what they experienced through Christ. And I cannot say for sure that they knew what would happen, um, but I'm glad that they did because mm-hmm. their works are producing far more fruit um, through Christianity, mm-hmm. which allows us to even be able to be a church that we are today because of that works back then. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, uh, again, continuing to lay that foundation uh, of Christianity. And so you get into your first point of they were disciplined in the fundamental practices of Christianity. And I, and I really like that uh, you do answer the question of kind of what shall we do? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're laying out all of these ways that we can be, how we can practice right. our Christianity. And so the being committed to discipleship, and I and I was curious: is discipleship different than evangelism? Yes. In what way? Right. So evangelism is uh, me proving to you why you need to be saved. Okay. It's me um, giving you the gospel of Jesus Christ and converting you from um, a sinner to a saint. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now that's me evangelizing to you. So the now what question come in? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do we do now? With me now being a Christian. Mm-hmm. So discipleship helps you to become Christian and live out the values and the fundamental practices of the Christian faith. So that's what discipleship is. That's what... Uh, Sunday morning worship or Wednesday night Bible study or small groups mm-hmm. or um, learning your spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting and giving uh, and service and those basic things of Christianity, those things come uh, through discipleship. That's me teaching you how to live like a Christian. Evangelism is me witnessing to you, trying to convert you into a Christian. And so um, that those are those the difference evangelizing and discipling uh, two things that goes go together and mm-hmm. must happen because I can evangelize you and um, and and not disciple you mm-hmm. and that will have, that allows you to come to my church one Sunday be a part of the church but if I don't disciple you you will wander back out of the church okay you feel so, what I'm saying. Or I can I can't disciple you if I don't evangelize to you. Okay. Because you won't see a need of what I'm trying to give you. Okay. You feel what I mean? You won't see a need. You won't see you won't see a need for knowing how to pray or to study your Bible. 
because you have not been evangelized. You have not been given the gospel of Jesus Christ that transforms and changes your life. But if I evangelize you, I must disciple you. And so we, we practice that as a whole and corporately in the church through Sunday school and mm-hmm. Bible study, prayer meeting, uh, and implementing corporate fast within the church. And that's teaching you how to be a Christian so that when you go to work, you can live out the fundamental practices of the Christian faith. Uh, when you're at home, one of the toughest places to evangelize in your home when you're there, you can be able to display um, this level of Christianity because now you know um, um, what are you supposed to be doing, how you're supposed to be living, and what example you are setting to those who are around you. So evangelism evangelism is the arm um, that, that reaches out uh, and uh, discipleship is the hands that keep you in. Okay. And would you count this podcast as a form of evangelism or discipleship? It can play as both. Okay. Uh, because uh, I think someone who never listened, never known who Jesus Christ is, uh, here and are intrigued by it, it can plant a seed. But it also, I think, is more so a tool of discipleship mm-hmm. because it uh, allows um, a teaching moment. Um, that's what disciples are, uh, followers or students. Okay. And so it allows a teaching moment um, to um, train people how to live out their faith. And I think this helps because it breaks the sermon down in such a great way. Thank you. Yeah, that was good. No, that was good. That was good. That's all the content I need right there. (laughs) 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 Okay, so... So then, uh, continuing with with that, and the because like with being a disciple and and the learning and the teaching, we have to memorize scripture. And what I really really like of what you did with this sermon, I don't know if you intentionally did that, but the way that you continue to call on scripture as you were preaching on the scripture and applying it to our lives was just. It was magnified. I know you do it in other in other sermons as well, but it with with this sermon in particular, it felt amplified. Of as you make the note that discipleship helps us to learn the scriptures, and we all need scriptures to help us. And then you give an example when you're in need, when things don't seem to go well, when you're in need for help, like you're you're hitting us with scriptures that apply to those those points in time, and and so. Just kind of thinking of how are ways that we can continue to to memorize because right we're most of the people listening to this are, are most likely adults maybe out of school so they last time they memorized something could have been decades ago so how how do we get into that practice of of memorizing and applying right sure. so so if you if you really want to um, put the the text to memory you have to be intentional number one. Um, number two, I've how I've learned to put scripture to memory is one reading it over and over again, and then writing it out, um, and 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 just staying familiar with. You know, I don't know the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to find every scripture. Sometimes I may quote scripture. I don't even know where the text <laughs> is, and that's not at least I won't quote it because 
I, I, I never want to do that mm-hmm. uh, because if I'm if I'm gonna say anything about scripture, I want to make sure I'm able to say, hey, this is where I found this at, mm-hmm. right? Being um, doctoral student, though, the main thing is research mm-hmm. and getting, and giving credit to where it came from. Yes, sir. They get mad when you don't, right? And so I don't want to be quoting Paul and giving. David credit, or mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying. What I'm saying. Yeah. So I need to know where 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 I'm um, where I'm coming from. So it just takes um, being intentional. Um, you know, in VBS we had to do that type of stuff, or mm-hmm. Sunday school growing up we had to do that. You know, had to put those different speeches and mm-hmm. um, things to memory. So that's why I think that's why it's important that discipleship is important because you learn how to put to memory um, the Word of God. Yeah, I would agree. When uh, from K through twelve, I was in a private Christian school, mm-hmm. and so Bible was very much part of our classes. Everybody took a Bible class. When we were little, the we had to memorize scripture verses. We had these these cards. So we had cards that had alphabet alphabetical letters on them, mm-hmm. and then you had ones that had scripture verses on them. Oh wow! And so we we, we practiced them, and we would study them, and, and we would recite them kind of to the scripture of hiding the words in my heart so right. I might not sin against these. So getting those ingrained in us and there are times where I'll do this, I'll say scripture and I was like, you know, I don't that was that was nothing but God because I don't know where that came from. Mm-hmm. But I but I have it. But I um and so that's with a lot of repetition like you said. Right. Within that practice and so kinda of getting into that discipline of the word, we also have to be disciplined in our fellowship. Um, we are not designed to exist alone, so right. we do need friends. We do need people around us, but you don't say the wrong people, but you do say that we need to have community. And and when we talk about fellowship, and you talk about the, this Greek word, I'm not going to pronounce mispronounce it. Kononia. Kononia. Yeah. Okay. Kononia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, being an interactive relationship between believers who are sharing life through Christ. So when we say sharing life, all life, parts of life, the life that I choose, how how does fellowship fully happen for us? Again, intentionality. Um, many Christians don't have Christian friends, mm. right? Uh, or many don't fellowship um, with members of their church or community at least community we want to call it outside of sunday morning if i'm if i'll eat breakfast with you at church or eat a meal with you at church that's the only time we really hang out um and i I think so not just hanging out but fellowship is um developing that community right Mm -hmm. Uh, i think also i quote um uh, what's his name John Maxwell, when he says um, the difference between a crowd and a community is connection. Yes. I think that's so important because I don't want our church to be a crowd. Mm-hmm. I want it to be a community of believers, people who are connected to each other, um, that, that can relate to each other, that can handle life together. Um, think like a Sunday school class uh, or, or the prayer call has become a community of believers and of people that are um, going through similar things, looking for God to do something different, and also having a, um, 
ability to relate and connect with those who are on that call. And so this church took uh, in Acts chapter two, takes it to a a whole nother level. Right. Mm -hmm. They, you know, but because it was the first church Mm -hmm. uh, during this time, Christians was being persecuted. Uh, it was it wasn't the right thing or a cool thing to be. Uh, they called them children of the way. They weren't even called Christians yet, mm-hmm. um, and, and so they had to have that community, um, like like the civil rights time. You know, black people had to stick together mm-hmm. um, because you know everything else was against them, and it's even today. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so if we don't have that true fellowship, that true community. Uh, we have the danger of falling apart, and we also have the danger of um, trying to go at things by ourselves. And, and I think Momo said it during our church meeting the other night, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. And so we definitely need each other um, to make it. And so... So a fellowship, even the scripture of when two or three are gathered together, because uh, you talk about how Paul and Silas show the power of fellowship mm-hmm. when they break out of that cell. Um, so then continuing with talking about breaking, as disciples were told to break bread. Right. You make a comment about that communion is too often underappreciated in the church today. What did you mean by that? What was the question again? Uh, that the that communion is too often oh, underappreciated yeah. uh, in the church today, and oh, I'm just yeah. curious as to why you thought that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, we are not intentional on really honoring communion, the communion ceremony, like we should, uh, because that that communion is the most sacred thing we do as Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you know at least for us as Protestant Christians because you know some faith they do it every week mm-hmm. we only do it once a month um, and so we have to be totally aware of the importance of that moment um, Paul talks to the Corinthian church because they were misusing the moment they was coming together in Corinthians just to get drunk and to get full. So they drink wine, okay. <laughs> get drunk off the wine and get full of the bread. And those who were poor would not even be able to participate. Because it was all gone? It was all gone. And so he said, if you're hungry, eat at home mm-hmm. and you don't come here to get drunk. And then he tells them before coming to this table, make sure you examine yourself to make sure you're worthy. Now, I believe only person that can tell me I'm worthy or not is God himself mm-hmm. because I can't look at you and judge you like no nah, you're not worthy enough mm-hmm. um, to eat of this bread and drink of this cup um, and, and so it is necessary that when we approach that table you know, that, that has on it and this we remember right mm-hmm. uh, when we approach it we approach it with sincerity I was um a little boy and, and it was a deacon at my church in, in Mount Peregrine Missionary Baptist Church in Milwaukee he cried every first Sunday during communion hmm. 
and I never understood why until I became adult to really dive into and look at what it means to really remember what Christ did for us and got a full understanding or even watching the movie The Passion of Christ mm -hmm. you see how how much he gave how his body was really broken how the blood was really pouring just for us and that's what that the table represents the suffering of the Savior right even though it's uh, a time of remembrance for us because we should remember but when we remember what Christ did it should cause us to live differently mm -hmm. because we say hey we're able to break this bread and drink of this cup because of what Christ did and when we remember what he did we should say I need to do something different right I need I need this power that helps me to become a better man or woman and that's through the um, um, through the table the communion table but we I think I think some some you know many many in our faith as children we're baptized not because we have been converted but because we want to take communion. True. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be left out. You know what I'm saying? Because if you if you ain't been baptized in, in our faith, mm -hmm. you're not touching communion, right? Mm -hmm. Um and so if, if so if you're not so we, we want to get baptized just to get communion. Mm -hmm. and, and I pray that that does not linger, but it it, 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 it will in our lives, but it'll let us be able to understand. Um, that this table represents so much more than than just um, taking bread and wine or juice. Yeah, and kind of the the part about remembering, and, and you all go back and and listen to the sermon because you you depict Christ on that cross and remembering all of it, like the pain, the nails, the thorns, the. Just, that's just the physical part, the emotional right. piece that goes into that, mm -hmm. the leading up to it. You, you've got Peter who's denied you. Right. you like everyone that was around you is is gone, whether by choice or by force, because they're like no one can be, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the way, and just all of those things that he intentionally endured for us. Right. It, yeah, I. I we definitely need to take communion more seriously oh, yes. and, and being more intentional with with how we approach it. It's not just what we do on first Sundays, mm -hmm. but it's a renewal of our covenant. Right. And what that means to each of us and examining ourselves, which I think at times it's it's like, yeah, yeah, I, did, I was I was good. I was fine. But for versus like really figuring out what are the ways that I can continue to where where was I disconnected from God and where can I reconnect mm -hmm. and grow in that relationship? And I think a big way we can do that is through prayer. Oh yeah. And through uh, the series so far, prayer has been a very very key foundational piece in it. So if your prayer life isn't right, this is an opportunity to do it. <laughs> and I really like this statement that you had where you said, in order for us to stand, we have to learn to fall on our knees. And, and, and that takes energy and effort and intentionality to do. Because 
thinking about, you said in the sermon, like, I can pray while I'm laying in bed. I'm already doing that, right? Wake up and say amen. <laughs> I can I can pray while I'm, while I'm doing something else. I can, or driving, or cooking, or um, folding laundry. But to have to go from the standing position down to the floor to... Uh, and you may have to put a pillow underneath your knees, right. uh, you know, getting in, in a comfortable but uh, posture, but an, at attention posture in order to fully be there with Christ. And I don't know if you know this, but is there a reason why we do go to our knees for prayer? Right. It's just, it's just a sign of respect okay. um, to, to honor um, who God is. Um, you know, those times, uh and even now, if you approach somebody at a kneeling position, you're putting them above you. Mm. Um, and, and so um, whenever we, we think about prayer, we we think about kneeling down, falling down. Mm-hmm. But it's um, prayer is essential to the entire life of the Christian, like you stated. In every sermon associated with this series, you're going to find prayer somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Because it started with prayer in the upper room. Sure did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we, And as we move throughout each sermon, each week, prayer always jumped out mm-hmm. because it should always be the starting place. Mm-hmm. Prayer should always be the starting place. No, no matter what you endure, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the good times, no matter the honor or the awards or accolades you're going to receive, everything starts with prayer. And everything happens after prayer. Mm. <laughs> okay, I hear you, I hear right. you. It's simple, right? It sounds, okay, if it started with it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you don't pray, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't be intentional of meditating on God and removing yourself Right, mm-hmm. from from depending upon yourself to make things happen, but if you depend on God through prayer, uh, it's gonna come to pass. Yeah, yeah. Because even in that state of being on your knees, you it's a it's a simple small way to depend on God to remove the pain from your knees mm-hmm. while you're down there to right. you know pray to keep the other distractions away so that you can focus on prayer and making sure that you know it's it's for him mm-hmm. and so we can be more intentional with that um, you continue on moving on to our next point right. to talk about uh, being deliberate in their generosity mm-hmm. and they talk about a lot they or the scripture says that they had all things common and they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men and every man that had need. I'm assuming mm-hmm. men and women, all people. They gave that all away. Uh, God, the scriptures talk about giving away possessions a lot. Uh, is it, uh, what is the significance of that? Because I feel that we are given, pos- given possessions to be stewards of them. And yet, on the other hand, Christ is saying, like, give those away. That's being a steward. We're still being a steward. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if we look at our, I believe, um, 
Christianity also consists of generosity. Mm. And I think it often starts with John 3.16. God so loved the world, he gave. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and so I think that, that's... Um, <laughs> Okay, next point that answers that. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's what it is. That should be a part of who we are. Uh, because um, I was just sitting with a pastor today talking, um, trying to raise money for his church. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, giving money to other organizations who are trying to raise money for their capital. Mm. And he's saying, the reason I'm giving because I know giving produces. That's true. Givers will always receive. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're giving, God would always send somebody to give something to you. And in this text, I think it's so unique because they were able to lift up their brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And not pull them down or not go down to their level they were able to sell their possessions and bring those who were without up to their level mm-hmm. and too often we just want to give people stuff mm-hmm. and we don't lift them up right yeah. uh but if we, if we and i and i don't have the keys or the answers but the, just the intentionality of saying mm-hmm. hey let's help people become more than what they are and if that's me sacrificing some of what I have in order to give to them, then we'll uh, and then we'll do uh, help them. Yeah, I like that. Making sure that we're bringing people up because we do, you know, give handouts. Um, mm-hmm. Not knocking any organization that takes donations at all, but I think as a society, we typically will give the things that we no longer have use for, and sometimes they are not in good condition. Right. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to donate these shoes. They got a hole in them, but someone will need them. Right. That's not a good, mm-hmm. that's that's not being a good steward, I think, of our possessions or even just trying to help bring people up. Because regardless of where I'm at in life, would you want to receive shoes with holes in them? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. And so, like I said, in the sermon, they were deliberate in their generosity because they wanted they wanted everyone on the same level the text says they had all things in common they was on one accord they were together you see all of those words running through mm-hmm. these verses uh that speaks to how these um how um this church was unified mm-hmm. and, and one line i liked in the sermon was they decided to execute the power of unity and reject the pain of division mm-hmm the power of unity and the pain of division because anything that's divided is going to cause some pain Mm -hmm. because it's not able to operate like it's supposed to but if if it's unified they're going you enjoy that unity Mm -hmm. like you see ants right they are so small but they can carry large loads yes and they work together there's a sermon there it is or like bees, mm-hmm. no, they how they live together. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when things are unified, you can be able to help so much more than you trying to be divided, especially as the body of Christ. Yeah, uh, yeah. The bond is is very key and instrumental 
and being part of the body of Christ. Kind of thinking about this early church and how it was it was happening. It, it seems, as I've read the text, it seems like it happens kind of rapidly. Uh, and so we still have the the temples referenced. And so that's usually the, the Jewish house of worship. And so all of these things are happening kind of in the temple, around the temple. Do you think there was a conflict with their Jewish peers about them proclaiming Jesus as being the Messiah and talking about miracles and evangelizing, being disciples that caused some, I don't friction between of course, the two? Of course, yes. You know, it was wars. It was, you know, Christians were being persecuted. They were, um, you know, even Paul, Saul at that time was part of those who was going just killing or persecuting the people of the way, mm-hmm. children of the way, right? And so, yes, they, they had that dis, dysfunction. They had that that uh, people was disgruntled towards them because they were like, you know, he wasn't the Messiah. The Messiah hasn't even come yet. Mm-hmm. And, and that's still, some still doesn't believe that he was the Messiah, still doesn't believe he hasn't come. But we believe that he is. And I and I, I stand on that because just like in Acts, you know, we see, and I think Acts 4 or 5, where what Gamaliel, was, they said, hey, um, leave these disciples alone. Mm-hmm. Let them call on the name of Jesus. Uh, we've had other two men come before them, and after those men died, their movement died. Mm-hmm. If if they movement don't die, this must be the will of God. Mm. And that's over two thousand years ago. Right. The Christian movement is still still growing and growing, and so uh, that's why I believe that what we have faith in is strong, is solid. And then lasted through the test of time, and uh, and and I and I and I believe it to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then they had to face that persecution. People didn't believe it. People were upset. That's why Jesus died. Yeah, because he said he was the King of Kings, or he was the King of the Jews. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why they continued to persecute anyone that was associated with Christ. Mm-hmm. So all of the disciples, um, except. Um, John died a martyr's death. Okay. And John, he was poisoned, but he still lived. And they put him on the island of Patmos, and he just died there at old age. But all the rest of them crawled on the cross or stoned or heads were cut off mm-hmm. because of their belief in the faith. Wow. Mm. I don't think I ever really knew how they all died. Mm-hmm. That'd be something to talk about later. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> so looking at your third point, and I'm being dedicated to praising God. Mm. And I think when we hear, let me not say we, when I hear the word praise, I typically think of music. Okay. Um, and I do, and I will be honest, uh, we talked about that. We probably, I should start writing a list of things to follow back on and get mm-hmm. definitions on, but praise and worship the true difference uh, between those two. But we t- but you talk about being a true pra- praiser. So if you are a Christian, you are a true blazer, praiser. Wow. And when we, and that's when we deliberately seek an encounter with God. Mm-hmm. Is that 
when you say that, is that through prayer? Is that through conversation? Is that like when you say deliberately seek an encounter? What what do you mean? Right. Um, as Christians, we should always want to be in the presence of God. Mm. Right. No matter where we are, no matter what context in which we're in, we just we just want to be in God's presence. And praise is just honoring God for who he is. It's the thank you, Jesus. It's the hallelujahs. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this, but Sunday, I'm, I'm downstairs just, you know, getting ready for Sunday. Mm-hmm. I done went outside and moved the snow and come back in. And all I hear is, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And Tara was just going in. I'm trying, mm. huh. I was just hurting the Lord. Mm. Uh, and she and she just praising praising God not asking God for anything I'm mm. um, just telling the Lord thank you for everything and 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 to uh to hear that I'm like yo no any relationship you want to make sure your spouse or loved one or your boo or bae they share the same religious things mm-hmm. as you because it's difficult to have a relationship with two different religions it's, mm-hmm. di- it's hard because you got different beliefs different morals different ethnics different values but to hear her just praising God like that it, it just it just it, it made me want to go praising with her but I had to finish my sermon <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's praises is, is, is desiring God's presence and and we see through the Psalms that it talks about you no know, praise all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, it, it's honoring God. It's lifting Him up, and and we do that with words. We can do we, you know sometimes, and we do it in dance. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, we, we do it in songs um, because you know the Psalms are a lot of songs. Yeah, uh, we we do it in the way we live our lives. Um, that me praising God is me honoring God, mm-hmm. and and that's what this church was doing. The Bible said, and they were praising God. They worship that that when they came together. I'm pretty sure it was a lifting of hands and clapping of the hands mm-hmm. and opening up their mouths and just telling God, uh, being gracious to who God is and telling Him thank you. And uh, just giving him praise, and and it's necessary uh, for us to praise God and honor Him, and uh, and and uh, in that type of way. And if we uh, can't praise the God in which we serve, then we got some problems. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Uh, yeah, just kind of making that a habit um, to to do in our own homes, right? Right. Like kind of how's how we've talked about before how. People come on Sundays, and and that's where they they do all of that. So mm-hmm. everything that we just talked about, they cram it into the hour, two hours. Hour yeah, fifteen minutes. They yeah. cram it into that where God's not designed to be in a box. Right. God's not designed to be on a time frame. And so I think where this conversation is always helpful is that it's 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 overflowing, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 God's presence, the word, it's overflowing into other areas of our lives, and, and we need to be uh, open to that and not just having it be 
okay, I'm only going to see sister so-and-so on Sunday, but when I see her at the grocery store, we're not going to have a conversation. Right. Or, brother, thank you so much for mm-hmm. building me this for the church, right. but when I see you at the hardware store, I'm going to pretend that I don't know you. So I, I think we have to, we as a Christian community have to do better of engaging with uh, our peers. And I will say something when I was looking for a church in Madison, when I got here, I was like, I need a group of young professional or young adults that also love God. Like that was important to me in a church community. And I'm very thankful that Mount Zion has one of those mm-hmm. uh, to be able to engage with, with young adults and, you know, kind of just some of us are figuring life out. I'm right. sure there are a lot of old, everyone at different stages, but at this stage, just trying to figure out who you are, where you are, and continue to stay grounded in, in Christ. So very appreciative of Mount Zion for that. Right. Well, those are all of the questions I have. Do you have any takeaways yeah, for people? I think that, 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 that uh, the last two sentences are very important. Or the phrases where it says they had favor with all people, rich people, poor people, um, educated, uneducated, religious, astute, or babes in Christ. Everybody found favor with this church. And that just speaks to the character and the way they practice their faith. Mm hmm. I think this speaks to it because they had favored all people and then I, I, I like how Lucas the writer he couples they had favored all people and then God added to the church daily because the people trusted them God trusted them with the people mm. right mm-hmm. and, and so so many people are look, looking for ways to grow churches that's always going to be <laughs> uh, uh, books that will sell. How do I grow my church? Yes. If you get members, people of your church that live out their faith and operate as this Acts chapter 2 church, your church will grow because God will be the one that add them to your church. Mm. That's all I have. Well, thank you, Pastor. As always, good conversation, good insight. It's like you prepared it or something. (laughs) Well, thank you again for joining us. We appreciate all of your listens. Be sure to share it, like it, and comment. You know, are there any follow-up questions that you have or uh, you want want us to do a second round in a certain uh, area? Just let us know that. Um, But I'm your host, Cassandra, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Stay marvelous, fabulous, and blessed. Peace. Peace.